Welcome, B-Movie fans, another B-Movie interview. I'm Paul. And I'm Corey. And joining us here today are filmmakers Dan Beck and Stephen Gillum. And they are here to talk about their film, Arte Factum. Guys, welcome to the show. Hey, it's yeah. great to be here. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Oh, glad to have you on. Definitely. So uh, let's dive right into it. Uh, what first inspired you guys to become filmmakers? Go ahead, Dan. I don't know. I, I guess uh, I've always been into artistic things, and it just seemed to be a culmination of several different mediums. I, don't, I think it was just inevitable. It's just the, the need to create. I've always been into visual storytelling. I've always liked to draw pictures and take photos, and then when I finally had the opportunity to put something on a video camera, I was like, wow, this is uh, kind of combining like all my loves, so... I just uh, started shooting stuff and haven't stopped. So could you tell us about your production company, Wages of Sin? I should point out to everybody, it's Sin is an C-I-N-E. Would you guys uh, get started and uh, what kind of films do you guys make? Steven and I had started working, I guess, uh, 2008 together. Mm -hmm. After working together, we decided that we should probably combine forces and just work towards a, a similar goal instead of trying to tackle it alone. And uh, that's where Wages Ascent was born. We were originally starting because we just would sit around and watch like cheesy movies and stuff. And we like to talk about them. So we were thinking about maybe doing a movie review kind of thing. And then we were, we kind of were like, well, we can just make like random content. Without the fear of it being super high quality, just make something to make it and get it out there. Yeah. So that's kind of how we started. But then it kind of just morphed into something really cool that we have actually started taking the time to make it yeah <laughs> air quality we've been trying to make it good instead of just putting out really cheesy stuff all really fast so what quality would you guys say makes a great film and could you each give us a few examples of films that you would consider great it's gotta be entertaining i mean it's gotta just suck you in and make you forget what you're doing in your life that day great films i always think of like you know, the big ones like raiders of the lost art yeah, or, you know, i'm a huge star wars fan but uh, even down to like a favorite, like favorite for like easy films, I like movies like Critters and Rawhead Rat. They're so imaginative and just they suck you in. Yeah, they entertain you. Yeah, for me, it's Reanimator and uh, Basket Case, Frank Dinklage's. Mm -hmm. So yeah, but I still I love like Raiders and those those kind of movies too. But there's a special place in my heart for those low budget indie movies that. They might fail in some respects, but they, they still made them. And those, those are the ones that inspire me. They're, those are the films because they were made in the face of adversity. They're made with heart. You can yeah. tell that the people who made them loved what they were doing. And they yeah. just weren't made because like a group got together and was like, we got to make this internal profits. So. Yeah, it's not a corporate thing. It's yeah. a, a passion. Yeah. So since you've already admitted to uh, our next question of, you know, having films that are guilty pleasures that you love to watch, 
what are some of these uh, guilty pleasure films to you? And they could be ones that are really bad or just ones that don't fit what people would generally think of you as watching. One of my favorite bad films is Manos, The Hands of Fate, <laughs> which I was turned on to by watching Mystery Science Theater growing up. I genuinely enjoy watching it. Like, I just got the Blu-ray, and it is so fun to watch. I call that a guilty pleasure, films like that. There's director, uh, Neil Green, who does these like movies. He like is out of Las Vegas. And you can tell he loves what he's doing, but they're so, they're so bad. <laughs> and I, I love watching them. They're, those are guilty pleasures of mine. I, I love art house movies. Mm-hmm. Stuff that's kind of, it's not really a structured narrative. And those just, they, they're visually striking. And they usually just take you on some weird journey. And you really don't know where you're going to go because... Because the structure's not there. So, like, you know, a normal Hollywood movie, you can kind of, like, time it and you, you know it's, you know, you know where you are in the story. But Art House is kind of just a wild ride, and once it's over, that's where you, that's where you end up. So I think those are kind of my guilty pleasures. Could you guys tell us a little bit about Artefactum? What's the uh, general plot and idea behind the film? Well, it's kind of interesting that, <laughs> that in your review, you were talking about it might be better as a web series. And that would be me. Yeah. That's actually how it started. Ah, makes a lot of sense then. It's kind of a culmination of uh, all that. We had uh, talked about what were some of our weaknesses as filmmakers, and one of the things that we don't do is uh, work with a lot of other people. We kind of stick with our, our small group, and we're like, how can, we, how can we change that? It's like, well, let's put something out to the community here. In, uh, we live in Augusta, Georgia. But the other people we know who make like movies and stuff, and let's see they'll come together and make a, a project with us. Yeah, because we were like, we we could be filmmakers and just do everything, but we weren't good at at managing people. So we we wanted to kind of put that producer hat on, and so that was kind of our trial by fire was just get these filmmakers together and then produce their their short films, and we'd make sure with each each short that they had what they needed to get them done. Like they needed a camera crew. We would try to put people together. If needed equipment, we'd help them out. Um, even editing, if someone needed help editing, we'd, we'd try to always be involved. If they, if they needed it. some of them were very, they could handle it on their own. They didn't ask for very much. That was our big thing was getting it produced. The other thing was we were, we were kind of at a place that we were wanting to do a feature. And if we, if we had 12 people, we could do one a month. And that kind of broke it into small small chunks that were manageable and then by the end of the year we would have that um that feature what we did was we would do one a month we had a director a month and we'd have like a little mini premiere here locally mm-hmm. and then uh, at the end of the year we put the uh, wraparound story together to kind of time on together and produce the final product now through this project you guys you know wore just about every hat in the book what would each of you say is your favorite part of the filmmaking process for me, I think it's coming up with the idea when you're writing out the idea and the characters that it's so that's it's all brand new and you're coming up with it. After that, kind of going by your your outline and your blueprints. It's like a lot of work after that. Yeah, <laughs> it's like already you know, done. I mean, it's all fun, but I think that initial process for me of coming up with the idea that's when it's the it's most exciting. Yeah, it's just a really good excitement because mm. the possibilities are endless. And you got to use that excitement to uh, get everyone else motivated. I did too. <laughs> so what inspired the idea for Artifact? We knew that we wanted to do something 
that like a common theme for all of them, something yeah. that tied them all together. I have a love for heavy metal, and uh, in that movie, there's an orb that travels around to all the different stories, and it all kind of ties together. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a big inspiration. It's that one thing that could be anything to anybody. And I think it was just kind of serendipitous that we had an orb because we didn't set out to to have an orb in it. Yeah, it could have been any. Yeah, we just found five of those orbs, and we were like, well, this is convenient. That looks pretty cool. <laughs> the orb, of course, you know, I didn't say it in our review, but it really reminds me of um, Phantasm with uh, oh, yeah. with the tall man's orbs and how, you know, they are just someone's soul trapped in there and with, you know, what happens in the movie of how the orb is kind of explained in the one short. You know, that, that was a big draw for me that I'm like, Man, this is like, you know, cross-dimensional and cross-time and space, just like the tall man, except not, you know, malicious. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Phantasm, too. Yeah. <laughs> I think I just watched, like, all, I think at that point, I think all of them would come out, part five, I think it come out. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I just watched them, all five of them, uh, I think in October or November, and mm-hmm. it was the first time I had seen any of them, and uh, when I saw the second one, I was like, man... I could I could definitely like cosplay as uh, Reggie. Reggie, yeah, yeah. I was like yeah. I could totally cosplay as Reggie. Like it would be so easy. I could see that. I could make a ridiculous uh, bald cap, just like uh, his his stunt person's bald cap literally looks like tan duct tape and like mop threads. <laughs> it probably is. And I think I think it really is because they t- they actually talk in one of the interviews about like how terrible the stunt makeup was. Um, <laughs> he made it work somehow. But yeah, I was like I could I could totally do that. Yeah, you got to do the four-barrel uh, shotgun. Four-barrel shotgun with the giant <laughs> lamp on top of it. <laughs> you know, cut some, cut some pipe and some, uh, some wood. It's pretty like you found your next get, Halloween Get some custom. latches. Because, uh, you know, we, we inherited a bunch of tools from my wife's uh, grandparents. Um, and so, like, all those, like, wooden-handled screwdrivers and stuff he's got in his, uh, in his shotgun shell belt. Um, you know, I have all those kind of tools. So I was like, I can do this. There you go. That'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, well, now you have to. Now that you said it, you know, as we're it's fan- out there. As as we're fanboying out here about you know <laughs> movies that we like and uh, things that inspire us, uh, what advice would you give to someone who wants to create their own independent film? You gotta not stop. I mean, yeah. I've I've had projects that have lasted for years, but you gotta finish. You know, you set out what you want to do and finish it. If even if you hate it by the end, you gotta finish it. Yeah. Because it's gonna make you that much better for the next project yeah and that's the early on with wages of sin we because we were working on some stuff and we were becoming like we were just like trying to finish stuff and we were kind of losing our edge of actually making stuff because you're just tying up loose ends instead of having those creative processes going constantly so that's what we set out to do is just like start creating YouTube content, no matter if it's like good or bad, it's we had to have it out on a deadline. And as you get into the habit of just doing, then it becomes easier and easier. And then when you're not doing something, you feel off. You feel like you, you need to be creating. Mm-hmm. And for a filmmaker, like whether you want to be a writer or director or whatever, you know, a job you would like in that field is just, like, do it and keep doing it until it becomes a habit. And then you're unstoppable. Yeah. Just don't get tied up and, like, oh, I got to finish this one thing and it's going to be the greatest thing ever. Because once that's over, you got to do something else. Yeah. 
And it's not being afraid of putting it out there. Even if you like don't think it's the best looking thing, it's like put it out there because it's going to inspire someone else. I mean, yeah. I see something all the time. Like, that's amazing. And the director's like, oh, it's terrible. And <laughs> a point that we didn't like. But to me, I'm like, that's so cool. Yeah. And I think it's always like that. I think when you start, you just keep on pushing the board and trying to get better and better. So I think if someone wants to make something, they just need to go out and make it. Yeah. And surround yourself with people that are like-minded. You know, you, if you get around the naysayers, you'll just sit around not doing anything. And yeah, it's always stay positive. Definitely. And plus, once you have something out there, you've done more than everybody you just said they were going to do stuff. So you're ahead of the yep. game. So probably the most important question here on B-Movie Bros, something that Paul and I discuss, you know, very uh, lively at times um, for reasons unbeknownst to us. We like to get everybody's input on this. What is your opinion on hairless cats? They're kind of creepy, but um, I think, because I'm not really a cat person, but I have dogs. And if you had a hairless cat, then you don't have to worry about the fur getting on everything. So, I mean, just from a standpoint of cleaning, they'd be great. I'm not really a fan of cats with or without hair. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, it, it's around. It's not going to bother me, but, you know. So, I, so I, I guess... I guess that's two uh, two draws there for yeah no, no no point for either I nor Paul yeah Corey likes them a lot for some reason they're adorable no they're not they're like cuddly little gremlins you they, know and you could feed them after midnight and they don't cre- you know try and kill you any more than normal they're creepy and I don't trust them like you look at normal cats are like out to get you so why wouldn't a hairless cat they look like the mob bosses of the cat world like I wouldn't trust them. Don't I thought cats steal your breath at night? Isn't that a thing? Hairless cats will steal your, steal your breath and your wallet. So. I mean, they chase mummies away, so that's it's always a positive. All cats, or they brought the mummies there in the first place, like they reanimated them. Hey, I don't want to end up like those old folks in Bubba Hotep. No, no fucking mummy is gonna suck my soul out of my arsehole at night. Okay. <laughs> If it means keeping the hairless cats, that I'm willing to sacrifice a few people. <laughs> Sorry, it's for the greater good. <laughs> so, uh, where is it, uh, and when will it be available for us to see them? Are they factum to the public? Where will we be able to see it at that point? Right now, we're uh, we're still at, at conventions. Um, we're going to a lot of the conventions up here in our area. We'll be at Charlotte Days of the Dead in May, mm-hmm. and I think we might be in Tampa. Uh, later on in the year, mm-hmm. Tampa Springs, right? And uh, we're hoping to find some sort of distribution eventually that'll yeah. get it out to the entire world. But uh, we're this is our first time attempting anything like this, so we're looking at you know doing some online type things as well, like some sort of uh, downloaded download streaming. Yeah, but those are all things we're still trying to work out. But right now, the best way is to contact us through uh, our Facebook, and uh, we can get you uh, DVDs and posters. T-shirts, all that. <laughs> Merch. What is your Facebook, and where else can we follow you and uh, your production company for any future or current projects? Our Facebook is Wages of Sin, and uh, every we have YouTube at Wages of Sin, Instagram Wages of Sin, Twitter Wages of Sin. Yeah, it's a uh, all all Wages of Sin. Yeah, <laughs> on every every social media. It's <laughs> easy to remember. Just remember, friends, it's Sin C I. N-E, as in cinema. So there you have it, B-Movie fans, Arte Factum, a sci-fi horror anthology by Dan Beck, Stephen Gillum, and Wages of Sin. Guys, thank you for joining us today. It's been a lot of fun having you both on the show. 
If you have an independent film you're working on and would like to discuss it, you can email us at bmoviebros at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at bmoviebros or my personal Twitter at bmoviepaul. Don't forget to listen to our podcast. We review a different B-movie each week. New episodes every Friday on our website, bmoviebros.com. If you have a movie you'd like us to review or any additional comments, feel free to leave a message below. This has been another B-movie interview. We are the B-movie bros saying... Be brave, be alive, and be back next time. Mm-hmm.